0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the PC Perspective podcast. We're already at episode 755. It's January 10, 2024. As we record this, I am Sebastian Peak. I am Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm probably not an AI bot, Brett Van I don't know. They don't seem to have figured out your background yet, which is suggestive Mm, mm -hmm. of uh, some sort of generative AI. Which this may be the last time you hear us use those words on this podcast. By the way, hopefully it it should be. Those are forbidden, Mm -hmm. forbidden words as Mm -hmm. we discuss CES 2024 in full swing. And uh, before we talk about CES, we got to thank our patrons who make all this possible, keeping the lights on. James P. gets a special shout out this week. Thank you very much, James. He does. He's aghast.
1: He he knows. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Isn't yes. that a monster?
2: Yes. Aghast. It is. It is. It's also mm-hmm. the reaction you see I don't when know. you breathe near one. Mm-hmm. James
1: uh. might be aghast. I don't. I don't know.
0: He All might. right. You uh, know our most important segment, leading
3: up to news, has to be, Josh's food segment. Please take it away. It's it's. <clears throat> You know, it's, it's it was the special was the hatch green chili burger again, but I didn't feel like it. I, I just wanted and I'm a craving one for a while, just just a regular cheeseburger. And so that's what I got. Got a regular cheeseburger. It was two patties. I think they smashed them. They sure seemed it. Cheddar, lettuce, tomato, pickles and onions. You know, full leaf lettuce, not not the shredded crap. And then I I, I did a little extra. I I put Chipotle mayo on there. And it was a refreshing change in terms of what you could want in a burger. I mean, usually we have all these really fancy, interesting, crazy specials. But, you know, sometimes you just need a cheeseburger. And so I got one, and it it was great. It was everything I wanted. So, yeah. Even their cheeseburgers, plain cheeseburgers, are good. Who'd have thought?
0: Let's get into CES twenty twenty four. And hey, I know it's a new year. A lot of things happened last year. A lot of, you know, not so exciting things for the DIY PC enthusiast community as far as pricing of graphics cards, uh you know, value for money. But it's a new year and AMD. There was this long rumored, you know, new Radeon card coming and they announced it. And we got details. They showed a slide with specs. It is the first disappointing graphics card of
2: 2024. (laughs) (laughs) The RX
0: 7600 XT featuring 16 gigabytes of memory. And pretty much that's the selling point because it has the same exact GPU core as the 7600. They've bumped up the clocks a little bit. The game clock goes up by almost 10%. So that's something. The boost clock only goes up about 4%. Memory speed's exactly the same. It's still just a 128-bit bus for that 16 gigabytes of memory. And to implement double the memory and an up to 10% overclock, they had to add a second 8-pin power connector. Whoa. So you've got dual 8-pins. That's 2080 Ti territory. It's only 190-watt TDP, though. We'll see what it actually draws, but I mean, for two eight pins for something with thirty-two compute units seems yeah. a little
3: excessive. I'm wondering if they're not uh, giving their partners a little bit of overhead for uh, being a bit more aggressive with uh, their clocks than just what the standard. You know, they're they're, they're I didn't think they were supposed to have a uh, a reference design and certainly they're not passing any out to reviewers. So, you know, I'm kind of confused about, about that. There's no reference design according to AMD. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see some uh, variability uh, from the partners uh, because, um, you know, we received one for review and I don't know when any of that unboxing stuff can be done. Um, but uh, we do know that it's going to be released on the 24th, I believe. Yes.
0: And uh, the partners include Acer, Azrock, Asus, Gigabyte, PowerColor, Sapphire, of course, and XFX. And the pricing. Ah. The pricing. Okay. If you were okay with the price of the RX 7600, no, some people were not. That's a $269 base price card. The 7600 XT is $60 more at 329 So for $60, you get double the RAM and an up to 10% overclock out of the box. Which, I mean, when you look at partner cards, even a factory overclock usually costs you 20 30 40 extra dollars. So you're getting double the RAM and an overclock. It seems okay to me, except this is what like a $199
2: card. What's that? What else could you buy for $330?
0: Right, right. And that that's yeah. the point I raised at the end of this post where I Got into this whole problem of the RX 6000 series still being out there and still available yep. brand new at places like Newegg. You can buy a 6700 XT with way more memory bandwidth. Yes, it only has 12 gigabytes, but for this level of GPU power, I think 12 is enough. If you're just doing 1440 gaming, it's less money to buy a 6700 XT brand new than it is to buy the 7600 XT. Uh, Yeah. So
3: that's how- probably going to be the more interesting uh, um the two things I'm most interested in is how it compares to the 6700 XT, 6700 XT, as well as the Arc A770. Yeah. Um, I I wonder if, if you know, I, it wouldn't shock me if, with this overclock and things partners do, that it would be around the same performance of a 6700 XT, but it, it should be quite a bit faster than the A770. that is a little below the price range, but it's 16 gigs. Um, Yeah, and you can get an a 770 for about 279 to 299, depending. Um, So yeah, those are those are going to be interesting, interesting comparisons. Um, I can see why they they did this, there was kind of a gap, obviously, in between the 7600 and the 7700 XT. I mean, there are rumors of a vanilla 7700 coming out, but we haven't seen anything official about that. Um, when I originally got this card in, I thought it was a cut-down Navi 32, which powers the 7700 XT and the 7800 XT. That Though I thought that they, you know, cut it down to 128 bit, uh, only two, you know, the memory modules of the four active, and and uh, probably, you know, a few cut down, obviously on the on the on the shaded cores or streaming cores or whatever the hell they want to call it, compute cores. Um, but it's not the case. I was kind of surprised. So, yeah, this is kind of a, a supercharged uh, Navi 33, mm-hmm. I believe, is the is the code. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, we do we do have games out there that utilize more than eight gigs of memory. Yes. Uh, so having 16, will at least take that bottleneck out. It you know it's going to be a 1080p for the most part card uh, older titles. <laughs> if it's, it a, can 1080p, do if it's and, a 1080p, if it's a 1080p level need? GPU, then who the heck cares about 16 gigabytes of memory? Yeah, yeah. Why do you need? Well, I mean, if B? you're you're running Hogwarts at, at full thing at 1080, right? It'll okay. run it
0: perfectly fine. It's your 1080 Ultra card, except it's not really fast 14. enough to do 1080 Ultra. It's, in The latest titles, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was just looking at Newegg and I swear when I did the news post on the 7600XT at least one of these 6700XTs on uh, Newegg was 319. The price has gone up. So now your entry level under Yeah. RX 6700XTs now start at 329.99, so it's the same price for a 6700XT and a 7600XT. I still I would still buy the 6700XT personally but i won't know for a fact till i look at josh's review i want to see yes. how the actual performance is maybe that faster clock is going to give us a lot more than than i think yeah, i'm often wrong I know. but hey well, nvidia that's why
3: we that's why we test these things exactly yeah and by yeah. the way nvidia
0: also they had teased a new graphics card to CES, or a series of them it's the rx 40 series super Cards Super. And we knew this were coming. Supper. So, but it's kind of interesting. First of all, don't call it a price drop. It's not a price drop. They have simply adjusted the lineup, which <laughs> also includes adjusting some prices. You may notice here in this chart, this graphic, there are some missing cards. They have apparently EOL'd the 4080. They're just going to have the 4080 Super, and it's going to be $200 less. So instead mm. of $1,199... You have 999 for a card that will be, presumably, faster because it says super at the end of it.
2: Well, that didn't upset everyone the last time they did it, did it?
0: No, not at all. Or or no. or
1: is the 4070 TI super just too close to a you know, 4080? I
0: was hoping against hope that this was not going to be. They have the T I super <laughs> TI yeah. and super to the end of a 4070.
2: Why? Well, it Why? gets better. When a partner card gets it, they're going to add their thing to the end of that. Ooh, yeah. The like 4070 Ti Super. Uh, BTG. Supreme. Yeah. The, yes. Super, hey. Super hey. Supreme. Asus
1: yeah. I, Yes. I can't Ace. wait for the XFX version. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> wait. Asus yeah. already
0: <laughs> announced a 4070 Ti Super BTF. So it just keeps on going. <laughs> But uh, back to this chart, because the 4070 Ti Super exists now at 799 That was the original price of the 4070 Ti. The 4070 Super takes the place of the 4070, but it's not being retired. For some reason, they give it a meager $50 discount and leave yeah. it in the lineup. But guess what's missing? The 4060 Ti 16 gig, gone. Ooh, interesting.
3: Hmm. That's so then super. they have this
0: gap at, from three ninety nine with the forty sixty Ti. Mm. Unless they're just giving everybody the sixteen gig version for three ninety nine now. I don't. I yeah. s- say. Yeah, I
1: see the maybe. sixteen gig forty sixty Ti was around four fifty. So yeah, there's
0: their yeah. hole right
2: there. They yeah, really the hole should be filled by the forty
0: seventy. Just make it four ninety nine and put it there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know,
2: money. Is that going to be a system stuff. builder card, and it's just we don't care if you buy it. Okay, I. I did see an RTX 4070 today.
3: I think on special for it was 529. So it was less than the you know MSRP that that Nvidia is putting out. So I think that we're going to see them closer to 500 once everything's said and done. Because right now 7800 XT is still kind of ruling the roost at at that, uh, but it's going to have some some serious competition with the uh, 4070 Super. Which replaces the old 4070Ti and is slightly slower, I believe, but not by much.
0: Yeah, via Andreas Schilling on Twitter, he had posted these uh, specifications for each card. Because, of course, NVIDIA was not heavy on specs during the announcement. Is everybody okay? No. No. So the 4070 Super Founders Edition specifications. You have 7,168 CUDA cores. Base clock, 1980. Boost clock, 2475. Memory clock is 10,500. What is the effect? Oh, 21 gigabit per second. Effective.
2: <clears throat> One hundred and twenty two new bit memory interface.
0: Yeah, 192 bit interface, 504 gigabytes per second. So 20% more CUDA cores than the original.
2: Yeah, that's going to have an impact <clears throat> on it.
3: TI I think the 4070 Super. Ti Super is is gonna be the first one to really start selling out yeah um you know that 799 price point isn't great however this is like their first card that really gives you know someone who owns like a 3060 ti or a 3070 ti or my case a 3080 you actually it's actually an upgrade for about the same price as i paid for Mm -hmm. the rtx 3080 back in the days and if you you know factor in inflation uh, it's actually less than what I paid for the 3080 back in the day. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. I think that one's going to be kind of popular. I mean, the 4080 Super for a thousand bucks—that's still a stretch. I mean, it's going to be faster, I think, than the 4080, the regular one. Um, Should be. And uh, it's it's going to suffer a little bit in raster performance against the 7900 XTX. That is approximately that same price, if not a little bit lower. Uh, but of course, you're you're talking about DLSS three and frame generation, and yes, yes, that. their yes. RTX, you know, their RT cores are are better and faster, and yeah, oh, sure, because they're doing it with hardware, and not software. Um, Corsair <laughs>
0: has a page dedicated to the difference between the 4070 Ti Super and the 4070 Ti. This is exactly what I wanted. Thanks, Corsair. Looking for a great cost-performance ratio and are wondering if the latest NVIDIA RTX 4070 Ti Super could be the answer. So they have a spec comparison. The 4070 Ti Super has 8,448 CUDA cores. The original Ti only had 7,680. The frequencies are the same. Memory capacity increases. The 4070 Ti Super is 16 gigs. Finally. And And interface and
2: bandwidth, too.
0: Yeah, look at that. Two fifty-six. That's a nice. That's a yeah, nice.
2: Piece.
1: That's going to have an impact.
0: Here's the deal. It's a forty-eighty because this is based on AD 103, so it's a slightly yep. cut down forty-eighty. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking.
1: That's obvious. The reason why they had to remove the forty-eighty from the lineup. There you go. Uh, it, yeah. this, they, they haven't removed the forty-eighty. Well, now. this is a 4080. the forty-eighty. Is, the is that your point name, Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah, so that's exactly my. So point. wait a minute. Exactly.
0: Hold on. Hold on. Let me get this. Let me get this right. This could actually be something exciting for PC gaming in 2024. Yeah. Just yeah. a few short days ago, the RTX 4080 existed at 1199 US dollars. Mm-hmm. $1,200. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now that... Where are you approximately going? Approximately the Where same performance level is $799. It can be yours it's, for 799
3: It's actually like 10% slower. The, the 4070 Ti Super. Come on, but can't we just still. call it a 40... Okay, so it's a slightly but, slower but you know 4080. What? 400 bucks. For, am I doing the math right? Yeah, 400 Four bucks. Less. That's And you're getting damn near close, that performance. So this is exciting for yeah. consumers for a change. Yeah, eight, Spending $800 is always exciting, Josh. No, It is not nowadays, exciting. Sebastian.
2: I, guess. I hate to say it, but...
0: Can we talk about things that are cheaper than $800? Let's go back to AMD. AMD had more to say than just the 7600 XT, thankfully. And they talked about new processors. They are piling it on. They're just giving you more and more reasons to go with AMD with your next build because AM5 and AM4 got love at CES. The new 8000G series Mm -hmm. processors for AM5. These are entry gaming and productivity systems is what they say. I mean, you're getting RDNA 3 graphics, right? Isn't that what the 780M is? Yeah, we talked about the 8600G last week. Okay, yeah. So, right, that was rumored. Yeah, so now we have an 8700G. There's an 8600G, 85, and 8300G. And at the top, the 8700G, eight core, 16 threads, boost up to 5.1 gigahertz, 65-watt TDP. Yeah. Those RDNA 3 graphics. This this could be very interesting. I wonder how much it will cost. Let's see if they have a chart there. 329. Yeah. For hmm. that one. Hmm. So, yeah.
1: uh,
3: when know. you the, see you what's in 100G, higher, but... it
1: might be more cost-efficient here at two twenty. Oh, gotcha.
0: I look at these, and I just think this is all about the TDP and the fact that there's integrated graphics, obviously, but it, when you're hitting... Yes. Just 65 watts. It makes it a lot easier to integrate into a a very compact small form factor system, or maybe even a fanless system. Ooh, interesting. You you put this APU under one of those huge Noctua fanless heat sinks, and it's taking care of all the cooling. Okay. Look a little bit farther down. They have introduced a new X3D part for AM4. What? (laughs) It has the same core count as the 5800 X3D, the greatest processor of all time. All time. (laughs) <laughs> it's just a little slower so it's uh, up to 4.1 gigahertz max boost and the base clock's only three gigahertz so it's significantly slower though i wonder if maybe there's some overclocking headroom here because it only has 105 watt tdp maybe bump that up to like 110 115 what
1: what do you think you could do with think a little,
0: little bit of sub ambient a little bit of some ambient cooling on this
1: a pelletier or something like that
0: but yeah razor in the chat seems like they're clearing out lower bend parts yes but you. you are they are passing the savings on to you because yes. this at, at launch <laughs> is just $249. Wow. So that's $50 less than even the low $300 price we saw the 5800X3 selling for in recent months. And typically it's closer to like 329 I think for that part. But now you can get your hands on the full 96 megabytes of L3 cache, 100 megabytes total for just 249. 8 cores, 16 threads. I'm all about mm-hmm. this. And it's AM4, so that means cheaper DDR4 memory, much cheaper motherboards. Josh loves the availability of AM4 motherboards these days. No. So you got B550, no, no, no. B550. There's a lot of B550. <laughs> There's <laughs> lots. There's not really any lots X570 anymore. That's no. kind of retired, I think, at this point. Sort of. <clears throat> Who's making new AM4 uh, am four? XY70 MSI reports. has
3: one and and it's actually my my pick. Oh, okay. Ooh, so we'll have to wait it, for that
0: giving it away. Yeah. Before we started the show, we were talking about back to the future. And no, I don't mean Marty and, McFly and, you know, uh, Christopher Lloyd and the DeLorean. I mean Asus Asus, however you choose to pronounce that. Going back to the future with their hidden <laughs> connector design. We saw something Ooh. about this at Computex but they're they're going all in on this. They're giving you maximus hero level motherboard options. They're giving you graphics all the way up to a forty ninety. Forty ninety. Wow. Not Look super a, a forty ninety with no connector what, to melt. What what is that little connector? What is that? Look at this. That right there, Brett, that's four hundred and fifty to six hundred watts. That's what that yeah. is. Oh. It will Do you think that gets hot? Do you nah. Think that gets hot?
2: Nah.
3: No. <laughs> look at how thick those are though.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah those, right leads,
3: about that. those leads are are thick. Yeah. Efty. yeah. Let's look at the, the motherboard.
0: Here's the hero BTF motherboard. And uh Sada, Sada, Sada. You've got a 12 it might be hard to make out. There's a 12 volt high power on the
2: back of the motherboard. Yeah. Oh,
0: boy, right. next that to those SATA connectors. Yeah. <laughs> uh interesting.
2: Is that your USB C underneath the, uh, yeah,
0: uh, it yeah. looks like it, here's your as ATX well 24 the pin. Okay. Uh, USB yep. 3.0, USB C for high power, power. Sure.
2: no or extra USB cooling 3. on the back.
1: eh? Huh.
3: um, hmm. interesting. Yeah. I want to know what case actually will support, ah, this kind of cable. Josh, I'm Don't
1: glad you, you asked. Just you just wait. A, a, taller, a taller standoff might suffice just to give you that enough room behind the motherboard in certain hey, cases. Hey, pass me
2: some of them three-inch standoffs.
1: Yeah. Two and, a, two and a half. Let's not okay. enter the hyperbole yes. zone.
2: <laughs> Let me see. Just I thought... them all that together they're, until they're tall enough, right? Let's
1: just convert all of your cabling to right angles and then the taller standoff.
0: So Jeremy it looks was telling us like one of the, the show sorry Asus ahead, cases, right? Yeah. yeah, it is. They have their own case that yes. has extra clearance in the back. So I was asking, do you have to Obviously use right angle cables and stuff? He said, yeah. no, it's not necessary because it's clearance. You don't have to. Well, I mean, I if you're gonna try to implement cables. one of these in a case that is not from ROG. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to see. I'm not sure exactly how that will uh pan out. How much clearance Challenge do you accepted. I mean how because here's the thing twelve volt high power it's going to be on the back of this motherboard. You're going to need a significant amount of clearance or a right-angle connector Or you're going to have the mm-hmm. same problems on the back of your motherboard that people are having at the top edge of their graphics card. So, oh, so
1: the smoke can come out on the backside, too. If they don't yeah. want a recall on it's less noticeable. This, <laughs> if
0: they don't want a recall on this, they're going to have to be very specific about how yes. these 12-volt high-power cables are connected. Uh, I would include one with the, with the board. Include uh, a right-angle has- one
1: has included the exact standoffs I was thinking of. Oh, boy. In the uh, <laughs> Yeah, in the PC per public uh,
0: Discord chat. Okay.
1: That's, that's perfect. Yep, right there. That's it I right there. I remember those days. Yep, that'll do it.
0: Yep. Okay, so there's two chassis options right now for your BTF build for out-of-the-box compatibility. Now, you can obviously mod your own case or find one with a huge rear chamber, but they have the ROG Hyperion GR701 BTF Edition all these specs here that I'm scrolling past and the Tough Gaming GT302 ARGB dazzling white mid-tower chassis ready for your BTF motherboard. So, they're already thinking ahead, hey, we need to give these people extra clearance in the back for their extra cables and probably the the cutouts, the routing openings are all right where they need to be.
2: But in theory, that'll do both the advanced BTF and the BTF.
0: Now, don't quote me on this, but I think initially these are only going to be sold in kits. I don't know if anybody's You mean motherboard that.
1: case together? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Motherboard case. Mm. Video card. Possibly. Interesting.
2: Oh, for the, oh. a, yeah, because if you're using mm. the advanced BTF, and, you need and your the advanced choice. BTF video card. Those I think and will your be your choice. Be to, yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. You pick your GPU but, level maybe when you order Yeah, you Yeah, or to pick your GPU level. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Remember when Intel tried to release BTX? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's a lot of Dell systems out there with BTX layout, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't go very well. Thermal, you know, is all in line for you to put one cheap fan in a system and it would just cool everything.
2: But we did generally adopt the PSU at the bottom.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Nothing else but that.
0: Yeah. Hey, speaking of Intel. MSI Claw handheld PC game console that looks like a you know a Steam Deck type a thing. The Claw. <laughs> so the Claw game console, as being reported in an on deck here, equipped with a seven-inch touch-enabled IPS LCD display. It's full 1080p, so it's nine, mm-hmm. 1920 by 1080, 120 hertz. Yeah. 500 nits. I am worried about battery life.
1: Two uh, A acres. good
2: two hours. They oh, sl- okay. They slapped in a 53 watt hour battery, which it's, is, you know, monstrous. Yeah, us. that is
1: big. I'm worried. I'm more worried but, about finger smears on a dedicated handheld for gaming. So I mean, what are they accept- using? Do you acceptable think? on my phone, but not on a gaming. The the very first uh,
2: Intel Ultra we've seen.
0: Yes, yeah, so this is Intel Ooh. powered. Intel Ultra 155H. It's a Meteor Lake system on a chip. Six high-performance cores, eight e-cores, two low-power cores. We wrote cones here, but I'm pretty sure he means co- cores. Yeah. Built-in Arc graphics with eight XE tiles. That's 1,024 yeah. stream processors.
2: So that so, means it supports Intel Access?
0: I would. I certainly hope so. Yep. Yeah.
2: It does. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's all Arc, man. Yeah. It's got hmm. the full software suite behind it. So, um, you know, if, if it's taken until a, a while to obviously realize this, but if they were to actually, you know, dedicate all of their graphics technology in a focused group, it would actually increase the overall uh, feature. And uh, uh, what would you say? Um, not affordability, but words don't fail me down. Je ne sais quoi. You something like that the integrated what? nature will bring cost savings <laughs> joie de vie it makes it a more valuable product <laughs> yeah. so you know what it is yeah. it, 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 it's going to be faster products you're you're gonna you're gonna you share the same software stack as the standalone graphics cards um all the things that amd has been doing for ages Uh, now Intel has finally gotten it all together. And instead of having 12 different design groups doing different integrated cores and the software people are pulling their hair out because they've got to support it all because some of their designs support a few things and there's an extra shader type level. And then the other ones don't, even though the other one's newer than the last. It's just, it was a nightmare. And so, you know, Roger got in there, they pulled it all together and they made that into a, a single cognizant kind of group um that you know they're working together and and it's just you know a scalable architecture that they could do from integrated graphics to a you know like a Steam like deck like this and have decent performance and Mm -hmm. you just have better drivers and software that continually get updated on a damn near monthly basis Hmm. Plus, it's harnessing the power of Windows 11. I'm assuming
0: exactly, it's, like. it's Windows-based. Yeah. Get excited about a handheld Windows-based device. Speed,
2: speed, speed.
0: That's all I can think of. So much speed. X86 FTW.
2: MSI has uh, something you should know about. Which is? Project Zero. Here they it had is. like one picture. If you scroll down, this is literally all they had, really. They didn't even give good pictures of the motherboards. Wait, but so you're saying that...
0: If you don't want cable mess, you can make use of an MSI Project Zero system. I don't know though this look at this unsightly
2: power cable coming Except out of the graphics card. They don't <coughs> have that. Good. They don't do the advanced Lord. BTF size side, so you're okay. still going to have that 12 volt high power sticking out, but other than Hold that, on, is
0: this the Wi-Fi antenna inside the case?
2: I'm it's sure thinking of dropping is. up the graphics card. But it could be the Wi Fi antenna. Uh, I don't is know. It looks like a Wi Fi antenna. It looks like it. it looks. No, there's a cable a Wi-Fi coming Wi-Fi off of antenna. it. I take it off. Yep. That's
1: well, really well, maybe it's, it's dual purpose. RGB. It's
0: Wi Fi antenna RGB. slash RGB light stick slash GPU holder. I mean, two results that would here.
1: One, no one is that clever, or you've just given them an idea. This is brilliant. Free Put charge.
0: some blue tack here and just kind of stick the corner <laughs> of your graphics <laughs> yes. card.
2: Uh, make it uv reactive so that it glows in the how's the, how, how's,
3: the uh, how's the antenna's performance inside a case amazing What's... the glass has no effect whatsoever
0: <laughs> it's transparent exactly. josh
3: actually yeah. in this photo like the there's, R, no R no, there's no glass panel
0: no look R you F. can F. see the Trans- clips they took the glass uh, panel off the side yes. for this photo you know it probably getting better. reflections better. they didn't like they didn't have well, a um Been there didn't have Been a filter there. on the lens they couldn't filter out yeah. the reflections uh, so that's why you want a circular polarizer in your arsenal when you're taking you know, photos of yeah, that type of glass you know, Just you know. twist the polarizer. Mm-hmm. And then you, you can, right. look, all the reflections are gone. And it looks like transparent glass again. Incredible. It's amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, Filters. you've got three cases and three boards to choose from. Uh, all Intel, of course, for reasons unknown. Hey, look, and it's the claw again. Speaking of Intel, yeah. look, it's the claw. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And other than okay. that, they just had a, a bunch of laptops and uh, some assembled in America desktops.
0: Oh, nice. By what? the way, is this yeah. is a uh, trackpad RGB?
2: You called it. But I wow, think they what? just sort of uh, made it look that way.
0: I don't know, because trackpads for a while, they've been using glass, basically just phone touchscreens. Why not put a screen behind it? for more rgb lighting effects that's brilliant i pay at least 200 extra dollars for my laptop
2: oh you'll pay more than that that's a titan 18 hx okay so it's an 18 inch with 4k 120 hertz mini led display with a 4090 stuck in there
0: oh okay
2: an i9 14900 hx which can hit up to 5.8 gigahertz
0: did they discuss pricing at all no
2: if you have to ask
0: Okay, well, yeah, that's the, that's the story with CES. It's too early for these yeah. products to be released, so they never have any idea about availability or pricing.
2: Yeah, the Raider and Stealth are probably a little bit better, but yeah, the one that's got 128 gigs of RAM and three M.2 slots, yeah, that one could cost you a little bit.
0: Continue our virtual booth tour here, let's stop by Be Quiet uh, via Tech Power Up because we were not there, but really what they had to show was white cases. You're into those cases, but you're like, eh, I don't know about this you know, stealthy black aesthetic. What about white yeah. with RGB galore? I never yes. would have imagined yes. this look from Be Quiet just a few from years Be quiet. ago. It's not very quiet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of loud. Loud, Yeah. But if you're into that, this one's a little bit more subtle. No, I, don't like, I don't think I like the huge RGB light strips, but you know you can always turn those off.
1: I, I do but like yes. the juxtaposition of the white case with the Dark Power
0: series. I think that... Um, it's a nice naming, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and of course, new white fans mm-hmm. go with those
3: cases because you want everything oh, to match. Yep. So it's yes, it's kind do. of the the black tower wine of yeah. PC cases. Ah, it's the yes. white wine in the
2: black bottle in the uh, in yep. unseeable. In the
3: Sticking with tech power up here, Micron
0: is the first to market with LPDDR5X based LPCam2 memory. Sorry if we're throwing too many acronyms at you. You know LP Cam, that disruptive technology that shrinks down the size of memory to what looks kind of like a M.2 SSD with some extra power delivery connected to the side of it? It's significantly smaller and allows for slimmer. 64% space savings, by the way, from this package versus a DIMM. Well, versus two so
1: or just put the RGB no, lighting no, on no, this. No, 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 RGB. No, we're not,
0: No, no RGB yet. Mm, this is for laptops. Okay. This is the for some business machine that's even slimmer Ooh. now that they can get away with. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Paper thin, wafer oh, thin good. laptops so we'll
2: coming. Dump soon. everything but USB C and Mini Display Port because even HDMI is too thick to fit on them.
0: Oh, HDMI has long been too thick for those felt <laughs> laptops. Uh, so, we yeah, mm-hmm. we need a mini USB C. That's that's what's next. It'll be uh it'll look <laughs> like USB-C. a SIM Sorry. card, like a right. nano SIM was, with a wire. Was coming I laughing off out loud?
2: Oh, you, you didn't go with a mini SD card because that was what I was. Oh, thinking. that'd be
0: better. Yeah, mini SD card with two uh, pieces of hair coming off of it. Yeah, coming right. soon,
1: it's like smaller than the antenna connector. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like the yeah. internal antenna, like the ones that you pop down, smaller those are, than that. Those are chunky. Than that. You want to get rid of those. In fact, they're Ch- going to have Ch- to come up with a new type they.
2: of those because they're too chunky now.
1: They are. They're way, way too big. Four or five millimeters. Yeah.
0: Whew, huge. <laughs> okay. The, I don't know why I didn't have this further up on the list. We were talking about Asus at CES earlier. One of the most interesting, I guess, announcements was their 4060 Ti Dual. Dual being the entry level for ACES graphics cards typically, but this one has a trick up its sleeve, hiding behind the uh, back plate. Mm-hmm. Essentially, is door an M.2 slot. Whoa. They're thinking is, look, it's a it's a by eight card with a sixteen pin connector. Let's make the use of those extra
2: lanes. Yeah. Put your SSD on there. Well, I mean, you're running a motherboard where either you're out of M.2 slots, or if you enable that second one your PCI slot's going to drop to eight by anyways. Why not just skip it? Slap it right on there. And uh, it's now got a direct or at least a more direct route to the CPU. Than yeah, it was that's you, true. It's, that's it's true. on the bolt-on one.
0: Yeah. I was thinking that this would be a great solution for a, a mini-ITX where you only have mm-hmm. one PCIe. Mm-hmm. And maybe oh. you want to add more M.2 drives than your motherboard supports. Well, now you get this dual- which is probably smaller case-friendly anyway, gives you an extra yeah. slot. Now, what I don't understand is how this whole bifurcation of different PCIe standards works because it's it's PCIe 5 compatible, but the card itself is only 4.0. So I,
2: Yeah, but you're plugging it into a 5 with bifurcation. And the, okay. the, the SSD will run at PCIe 5.0. Passively cooled because, well, it's attached to a very large cooler, of course. You'd think. Yeah. Bigger, bigger even than the one uh, we showed last week. So yeah, it just essentially—you've got two uh, eight lanes are not talking to the other eight lanes, and we yes, go. Yes, so, so the sixteen lanes are just split. bifurcation signaling.
3: Yeah, yeah, the signaling can yeah. be different.
2: Yes, it's pretty nifty, and no one's that I know of that I can think of has been taking advantage of this. But I also can't think what they would do with it. But now you can. This yeah. yeah. At first look, this is use. weird, but no, this makes sense, and it's actually, uh,
1: it makes tons yeah. of sense.
2: Yeah. And tech TechPowerUp saw it actually. They put an MP700 Pro in it, and if anything, they got a tiny boost on the random reads and writes. Everything else was bang on the same as if it was if it was on the the first uh, M.2 controller. Probably because the 16x slot actually mm-hmm. gets a certain
1: set of priority lanes off the CPU. Exactly. The CPU. Yeah. uh,
0: uh Mister Malventano back in the day told me that he always tested NVMe drives using an adapter on the first PCIe ah, that's slot. That's right.
1: I yeah. remember him talking about that. So yeah. I
0: went out and bought one to do that myself, and then of course the standard changed, and then I had to get a different one that was like you know 4.0 yeah. compliant. I didn't see anyone one, ask, one. But and then the I do
2: suspect you can't changed. boot off of this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you cannot. Uh, you might be right. No, that makes I sense. I didn't right. see anyone ask so just for my additional storage. Is. Okay, but yeah, for people like Josh who have been Me. worried about what they're going to do if they have to buy a B550 board. They have a sound card. They have, you know, expansion cards taking up space, but they want more M.2 slots than your standard B550 can provide. Well, get this graphics card, Josh.
3: Yeah, because I really want to upgrade to a
0: 4060 Ti. Would it be an upgrade though? No. Would you consider an upgrade to go from a 3080 to a 4060 Ti? No. Bigger number better, better,
3: Josh. Bigger number better. Ti better. Yeah. Okay. Who put this uh, webcam story in here? Is this something we're going to talk about? Me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some months ago, Orbeck uh, people got a hold of me and, and started talking to me about their cameras and their interesting cameras because they're like s- infrared enhanced stereo units with also a secondary camera doing RGB. So people who are doing oh. you know a lot of AI stuff, and, and I hate to mention AI, but I mean, actual AI stuff like for us, for instance, we, we use infrared cameras, um, to look at animals getting, you know, blown away by wind turbines. Um, and it's a really handy thing. And we use machine learning on that to be able to, you know, get an accurate count of, of animals in these wind turbine farms. And, and we do these massive statistics on it and whatnot, but we had to kind of make our own things ourselves. And so these were not stereoscopic. It was just three IR cameras, uh, around the entire, uh, um, unit, um, the wind turbine. And, uh, these people are actually starting to do stuff that we could actually use. These aren't weatherized, which unfortunate for us, cause we have another big project coming up that we could use something like this, but, uh, it's, it's dual IR cameras. Uh, so you get, stereoscopic views of, you know, what you're doing. So they're thinking, Hey, you know, let's do this internally. We've got this camera, we've got this machine learning thing set up, and here's a warehouse and it's got robots and other things going through there and people, and you know, it can see pathways and it can, it can, you know, because it's stereoscopic, it can figure out how far things are away. And so, um, these are, I don't know what the prices on these things are yet. They're probably not real cheap but it's an interesting technology. Oh, no, yeah, but 420 bucks. That's not horrific for what it Um, is. No. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a really interesting technology and I thought I'd, you know, kind of bring it up because you can actually do real honest to goodness work with this, with machine learning and, you know, being able to record things in 3d Um, and still get, you know, an RGB. So it's, it's a three camera setup that is 20 bucks and it's a high resolution, uh, IR, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, if, if you're a professional and you're actually working on these things, this is a really interesting product and, and I'm going to see if I can't get something from them, uh, to do some actual testing when field work starts again, And see if it's actually useful for the testing that we do, and, uh, and the actual you know field uh, work that that my day job does to you know make money. So yeah, I thought it was a kind of cool uh, little thing, and and just as Gavin said, it looks like a mini Connect, and it, it sh- yeah essentially is. Uh, it, it's very similar in in, in what many ways. the old Connect could do.
2: It might be cheaper to so get yeah. than an old Kinect camera nowadays, too. Yeah. yeah, Because people are still Format. using those for 3D uh, mapping and such.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Can you stream yourself in 3D with that, Josh? Probably.
1: Um, you probably 3D. could. There was a protocol yeah. for it. Thank it's stereoscopic, you. so
0: yes. Yeah. We yeah. could offer that to people as, like, a perk. Like, Josh, a virtual visit with Josh in 3D. They can rotate the camera well, around.
3: Well, 3D IR. <laughs> Oh, oh, So I'll be a little washed out, but, you know, well, it'll work. It depends on how we're interactive gonna, we can
0: make this. We're oh, sorry. Yeah, Bob shifting. Smith in the chat. Only fans only. Sorry. Oh, that's, of course. Of course. it's Josh's separate gig.
1: It's going to be mm-hmm. frequency shifting. So we're going to shift that IR image down.
0: will hmm. be fine. Isn't this how Face ID works on Apple iPhones is 3D infrared? In fact, it it completely does. Yes. Because they map your face you different with different Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fast, fantastic.
1: Which is why it works when you have glasses on or. That's why it, works in, dark, That's why it works in the dark. Because you are using infrared technology. Mm hmm. right. All right. Uh. <laughs> the Josh Hotcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. We're going to take a break from the Josh Hotcast. Let's move to our favorite segment, everybody's favorite segment. It is in mm-hmm. security corner. First story from Ars Technica, Linux devices are under attack by a never before seen worm.
1: It's a uh, Mirai again, uh, is it not, uh, Jeremy?
2: Yeah. yeah, it is. It is so it's it's not that it's never before seen, it's a never before seen use. And Adaptation of Mirai, which was or Mirai, which was going nuts on the Internet of Things and turning everything into a Bitcoin miner. And well, guess what? That's what it's doing now. And so it's coming in and affecting, infecting a scan or infecting a server through the the usual ways that uh, they get in. And then it goes out and it looks over Telnet because. You know, we got to ruin absolutely everything. And if it can, it will self-replicate itself, uh, over a couple of different vulnerabilities via Telnet.
1: Well, that's
2: this. the old
1: way, Jeremy, the old way was, was Telnet. I thought this new and improved Mirai bot would actually oh. also use SSH, our secure PAL. SSH Uh,
2: yes. If you've got a weak password on your SSH or some of the vulnerabilities we mentioned previously, this will be going and Mirai used to be DDOS. They're not bothering to do that. They're, they're mining coin on your stuff now. And uh, the crypto miner is even sort of new as well. It's a, and I haven't run into this one, but it's XM rig, which is you know, a, a new type of crypto miner, which sort of makes it a little harder to track. And so Akamai has been seeing this thing for about a year now. Uh, it doesn't look particularly sophisticated, but it's novel. So people aren't really protecting against it. And uh, the, the, one of the nastier things apparently is that... Uh, the guys don't have a, a wallet address attached to it. It's sending it to some private something somewhere, which is unfortunately, obviously one of the easiest ways to track them down. So yeah, it's a bunch, it, it doesn't look like it's state sponsored, doesn't look like that sort of advanced. And it looks sort of like it's a bunch of people that have figured this out and are just pooling their own uh, coin until they can uh, drop it. Uh, Cause the SEC is allowing you to do that now apparently. and they didn't get hacked. They actually did do that. So yeah, it's, it's kind of nasty and really it's just more a matter of going through uh, the tools that on GitHub to check whether your SSH instances are vulnerable or not to try and block this thing and secure your telnet in case you haven't, because it still happily does that as well. Yes. 2024.
1: Mm -hmm. Not even Linux is immune.
0: Hey, and a throwback to years past. Rem- remember the excitement about IoT and the excitement about blockchain mm. and crypto. Well, combine those sure two did. things together to IoT tools that can be locked by nefarious actors demanding crypto. You know, it's it's kind of a the best of all worlds. Oh, it's worse than that. Network
2: connected make- wrenches. Yeah. It might make so, plane doors fly off. Yes. So you'd ask yourself, who in their right mind would buy a Bosch nut runner, or sorry, nut runner uh, wrench that's network connected? Well, this isn't for your home garage. This is Jeremy, for nut runner. What's a yes, nut runner? The Bosch nut runner, because of course it's called the nut runner. And that's just one of them. But these are for uh, industrial assembly where you need to apply an exact amount of torque when you're uh, putting in a bolt. So that's why they're network connected, because it knows what it's connecting to and it will provide that exact amount of torque, because otherwise you're stripping the bolt, and it's going to pop off or you didn't connect it and uh, the side of your airplane is going to fall off. Because what this thing can Mm. do is not just lock your machine down and make you pay bitcoin apparently they can adjust the tolerances of the wrench while still having the wrench report the actual expected torque Uh. so you think you're putting it in at a certain amount of torque you're actually putting it in at a significantly higher torque so it strips itself and as far as you can tell nope that's a pass that it did exactly what it wanted to i don't know the nexo os uh Firmware is, but apparently it's used a lot in industrial uh, applications. So, this is more than just, yeah, your wrench is locked and you can't use it. It's no, we're actually sabotaging your entire assembly line by under or over tightening a whole bunch of things. And in things where you've got nanometers worth of uh, tolerances, this can be a bad thing. And in case you're worried that this is just like one. Uh, vulnerability. No, there's well over a dozen of them starting at an 8.8 and going down to a 5.3. So it's, it, it's you know, they've thrown a monkey wrench in the whole assembly line more or less. They're talking it. about pushing out a, a patch sometime before the end of January, but uh, I can't see industrial lines being very interested in taking their lines down for a while to patch firmware in the hopes that it works. And are you guaranteed you're going to get all of it? Or are you going to be telling me I'm going to have to do this again in a month? Just dust off the
0: old Sears Roebuck torque wrench and try to dial it in as best you can and just, you know, keep going. It's probably fine. I, I guess that was just a a proof of concept, right? It looked like it was actually a security researcher who did this and it was a, not an actual, Ransomware they haven't attack. found
2: any in okay. the wild, but okay. uh, please Not refer yet. to my previous statements about uh, how uh, assembly lines work and how interested they are in uh, doing a scan of their firmware.
0: <laughs> mm. Next up, ransomware victims targeted by fake hackback offers. What's a hackback offer?
1: Oh, the sad state of affairs we have in You hack ransomware. my back, I back
2: your hack? <laughs>
1: You know, it's the it's the same sad story over and over again. Your multi-billion dollar company has been attacked by a ransomware gang from someplace on the planet. Uh, typically, these, this was the Royal and Akira ransomware gang where they have infiltrated your network, perhaps using the weak passwords you've left on your open Telnet port or SSH, and they have uh, encrypted or exfilled, exfiltrated all of your data. Uh, and then they're promising uh, to release uh, said uh, corporate uh, secrets onto the worldwide internet if you don't pay their ransom. dun 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 rides in a white knight saying, "Oh my gosh, as if you haven't been victimized enough, noticing you've been hacked by set said, ra- said ransomware gang, let me help you out. I can reverse this ransomware attack for you. I can decrypt your data. I can hack back the hackers as it were, and get into their system and erase it from their system. And what's happening here is all for the low, low price of some partial Bitcoin or some, you know, few hundred thousand dollars of easy cash that the billion dollar corporation might be happy to pay. But the point here is, is if these corporations haven't been victimized enough in the first place by the ransomware gang, these white hats that are promising to decrypt, prevent the, the, um, the exfil of the data or to hack back the ransomware gangs are themselves scammers just trying to make a buck off of the victimized companies. And this is the state of affairs that uh, ransomware and, uh, and malware has gotten us to that even white hats riding to save the day are suspect. So if anybody offers to help you out, make sure that you vet them well, that's the story on this one.
0: I miss the old days where I would, You know, hackers just meant somebody who hacked a mainframe to play a game at MIT.
1: (laughs) Shall shall we play a game?
0: Mm. Mm. Hey, speaking of games, great transition. Topical. Yes. Yes. Great transition. It's gaming quick hits already. Can you believe it? Arkeland lets you explore like Elder Scrolls, but you fight top down. Oh, interesting. No first-person combat. No, no demo. No
2: slashy, slashy.
0: It's in early access. You can get it for less than yep. 30 bucks. How do you pronounce this?
2: I haven't I mean Archaland, I'm assuming, okay. but it might be Arcaeland. This is weird. Arc-land. Usually you
0: explore third person and have first person combat. This is first person exploration. Yeah. Well, third person combat. Right.
2: So the combat is sort of more like Final Fantasy Tactics or oh, okay, uh, you know, any okay. Other of those sort of games. Yeah. And what you do, but the walking around, and it's not, you know, it, it, calling it looking like Morrowind, I think, is fair.
3: The There's a little intro nice. uh,
2: video. Yeah, it looks nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, game. it doesn't look absolutely gorgeous, but it, it does look nice. And you're definitely walking around. But the second that you get into combat okay oh.
0: yeah so technical RPG. rpg style yes this is yeah, this is very interesting
2: yeah no i'm very interested I'm, I'm, I'm torn as so see what i mean like it's not utterly gorgeous but it's very nice looking mm-hmm. and you've got a whole story behind it apparently but and you know the usual sort of levers and clues and stuff. But they will quickly, I believe, run into a little monster. And combat begins.
0: Okay. So it's turn based and you're on a grid. Yeah, so oh, bunch of power range and weapons. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: This is good. Yeah, I'm close to the end of Baldur's Gate 3, so I'm tempted to put it on pause and give this a shot because I mean, the early access only gives you a couple of levels, but if you uh, remember the old uh, Warhammer RPG, the pen and paper one, right? You didn't start out as a wizard. You started out as some loser apprentice or a, a rat hunter, and you had to work your way up levels until you actually sort of became a barbarian or a wizard or a knight. And so they're going with that as well. So it, it, could be interesting. It sort of looks like, you know, it. I may just you know, go ahead and grab it and give it a shot because this is definitely right up my alley. 60 talents and abilities and 50 spells, 14 skills, 15 different careers, five playable races up to and including minotaurs and goblins, which you don't see very often. Uh, this could be rather interesting. Uh, it's four-dimension games, which you didn't recognize or so look them up. They did something called Exiled Kingdoms back in hmm. the late uh, 90s, which looked a lot like uh, Fallout and played a lot like Fallout. And it's apparently in the same world as this. So they've stuck with it. Oh. So it'll be interesting to see how well they can pull it off.
1: Will 16 gigabytes of VRAM improve those textures?
2: Just the curious is. want to know. There's, if
0: there's a texture okay. patch, yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, let me call uh, it and I'll tell you. Gavin Thomas in the chat says, it looks like Star Wars chess. And it's funny because I'm just like, hey, wait a minute, strategy game, grid, Grid, battles. Okay, yeah, chess. Okay,
3: let the Wookiee win.
0: Yes. (laughs) Next, uh, the Vectrex reborn, new life to a dead console.
1: Tell me more. I was just talking to Jeremy, Jeremy, about this. I'm like, oh, I wanted one of these so bad when they came out.
3: A crush of Lucifer,
2: back in
1: '82.
2: Huh. Yeah, was it was old. all vector, no pixels here, man. All vector, fast like a medical fast. imaging
0: monitor or something that could do vector graphics, right?
2: Yeah, it just came out at the very wrong time. Yes, because it was well, the, uh, you, like, video if you look game at the picture. Yes, it's a portrait style. Uh, what was it? Eight inch uh, screen, and the entire thing is self-contained. You just shove that little uh, cartridge in the side there, and away you go.
1: They used to have these color uh panels that you would put on like mm-hmm. a like a an overlay that you'd put on to color portions of the screen because it was only black
3: and white. Yeah. Oh, that was like uh the uh Magnavox. I'm
2: trying to remember
3: uh, Yes. Yet. thank
2: you, Josh. I was trying yes, to remember what Josh. that was. Exactly. I can't remember. Yeah. It started with an O. Omni something. Um, mm. um now my brain's no, totally cool, failing it? me on it. Apart from remembering, actually playing yeah. one of them on and going, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" But it's a lot <laughs> dimmer now, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
1: Asteroids was a classic vector game. So what's uh, what's this about
3: being reborn? That was what I was. Uh, you've about. got Odyssey. a group of
2: people, Magnavox uh, Odyssey.
3: Thank you, Michael. That's yes.
2: it. Oh, Josh, yes. you're brilliant.
3: Uh, not me, First Michael.
2: Okay, Michael Boise. Uh, well, there he goes. So the thing is that uh, a, a bunch of people have sort of gotten together and there's now a site called Vectrex multi, where you can order box copies of some of the old cartridges to run. And there's people sort of looking at being able to redo them so that they can actually make new cartridges for people that have this. Uh, there's a few. They found a bunch of unreleased games that they're trying to finish, like uh, a proto oh, Star wow. Fox. Whoa! Imagine Star Fox, but purely vector. Uh, and so they're they're sort of trying to get this up and going. It it should be interesting if uh, it does come out again.
1: Cause... Truly, truly retro console gaming. Yes. <laughs> Very retro. Oh, Star Castle, another great vector game. Tempest. Does anybody remember Tempest?
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Tempest was. A I great used to play Atari game. Tempest all the time. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it was fantastic. It was, it was hyper,
0: hyper. Yep. So you have to have a Vectrex that works. You do. This is a level or of a retro hipster I can never aspire to. Is uh. New game cartridges Yet. for your Vectrex <laughs> <laughs> from 1982.
1: Year,
2: year, right? Next thing we know, so, there's three of them behind Sebastian. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. There's another no, whole no, no, level. No, I, yep.
0: I, I've washed my hands of retro console collecting. That was a dark part of my life, but I don't want to revisit. You need,
2: you need a Commodore well, you CD32.
1: Commodore That's
0: CD32, a Amiga motherboard, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I have like two totes full. Of uh, vintage consoles still that are like sorted by type, and I have them up on their sides, and it's like this: is, you don't want to live like that. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Okay. <laughs> Plus, Spectrex has to take up we'll a lot make- more space than Genesis and SNES consoles. Yep. Moving on. All right, move on to the review portion of this week's podcast. And Corsair had some new stuff to show at CES, and they actually sent us in advance their exciting new K55 Core. It is inexpensive as heck. Previously, I think their cheapest keyboard was like 50 or $60. This is launching at $39.99. So it's Rubber Dome, just like the previous uh, K55 stuff that we looked at. Brett had the last review of one of these. And yep, I remember
1: it. Not a bad keyboard.
0: No, exactly, and I was, so I was I was looking at your conclusion, Brett, and I was evaluating the thing, and like, you know what, honestly, I think Brett got it right, so I just stole the end of your <laughs> review and just pasted it into mine, giving you credit, of course, because <laughs> so I oh, couldn't put things any better than our own Brett V, who ended his look at the K55 Pro XT like this, quote, if mechanical key switches are a bit too noisy for your tastes... Yet you still want a gaming keyboard with high-quality programmable RGB, credible twelve-key rollover protection, audio transport controls, and some macro programmability? Then, at you know price, in this case forty dollars, yes. you should consider mm-hmm. this keyboard. And I absolutely agree. Plus, still there's true. kind of some interesting elements to this. Like this is a very basic-looking keyboard, all plastic. But look at the have bottom they done? here. What if there they done? There are these little like in the meantime. lights oh, that shine down. That's new. So you get just a little bit of a glow on your desk under the key. It's very subtle. Just a little extra there. And look, of course, IQ. You can customize your lighting. There's uh, 10 lighting zones. These are not individually backlit keys. These are not key switches. It's a membrane system. You do have these dedicated buttons in the upper right-hand corner for adjusting your volume. You have a button for uh, brightness control of the lighting, or you can just turn it off. With this button as well, if you don't want to use IQ and you don't want lighting you know, you can do whatever you want, but it felt okay. This is, it had uh, light, uh, key presses. It doesn't have a lot of travel, so you can actually type pretty fast on this thing. I didn't have any kind of accuracy issues with it. Like I have with some keyboards, just because I'm not very good at typing. So overall, not bad. And I just feel like the whole thing goes right back to that price. If this was $60 or $70, eh, I don't know about that, but $39.99. They know what they're doing. It's a good price. It's a wired keyboard. It's basic, but it's not loud. So if you need quiet, even this, um, this Cherry MX keyboard I use for streaming, it's called the Stream. The Cherry Stream desktop keyboard. This uses scissor switches, so there is a There's a sound to them. So membranes, they have their place in society. I'm just rambling at this point. Uh, So that's my quick review. Let's move on to picks of the week. And Josh,
3: you have an exciting one for us. So yeah, this is... uh, uh, I don't know how long this has been originally out, but I haven't really seen much of it. Uh, It's the, the MSI Meg X570 Unify, and it's got up to USB 3.1 Gen 2, but not by two. And it features a you know two and a half gigabit Ethernet. I mean it's it's you know under 250 bucks. It's uh, in fact 40 bucks off uh, the regular price. So 210 will get you a brand new X570 AM4 motherboard that uh, does not have RGB throughout. Uh, it looks fairly solid. It's got good expansion capabilities. Um, three M. Two and and uh, you know three full. You know, well, one's a sixteen. The other two are by eight, and probably that bottom one's by four. Um, I know the third slot disables if you install the third M. Um, two, but yeah, it's got plenty of juice. Decent. What's that is for? Yeah. Something it's got like active that. cooling on the yeah. chips.
0: Oh, that, that,
3: yep. Yeah. It's got it all. It's just, yeah. It's not three, you know, gen two by two, but it's just gen two. So it's 10 gigabit USB 3.1. That's something. It's still plenty of juice and uh, a reasonable price. And yeah, you can get a 5700 X3D or a 5800 X3D or go to Micro Center, 5600 X3D. They're all excellent little processors for and, the, and none of them have Microsoft Pluton so it's <laughs> another positive yeah they're, they're there's people one who of, really don't want that technology yeah yeah and I can understand that I don't particularly want it <clears throat> and I'm not really a tinfoil hat kind of guy but it's it's not yeah no, anyway it can be abused it's unnecessary at yeah. the
2: best
0: yeah. Like most advancements in modern computer technology. Yeah. For being honest. Jeremy, your pick.
2: Yeah. So I've been uh, working on a review and I'm currently waiting on an active subwoofer to arrive so that I can continue it. But uh, I just figured that, you know, since we don't really do much video review and might not have much chance when we're actually on it because they might both be wired up. uh, I was impressed because you've probably noticed that Fozzie sends me stuff every once in a while usually it comes in a box about this size. The box that arrived is this size.
1: Oh, I see Canada Post had their way with it. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, this one uh, did get a little bit of love. So it's a bigger unit, it looks like here. So what usually comes as about the size of a paperback is now almost the size of a hardcover. And it has speed holes on the side because they've increased their uh, cooling, uh, like they did with the the V3, which is the last one I took a look at. And so they've done some interesting things with this. Those are balanced XLR inputs on the back. So you can hook this into a professional system as opposed to an RCA. They've also included an active subwoofer, hence why I'm waiting for an active subwoofer. And the other thing that people were asking about is, why is it always just a stereo why can't we have a mono block so uh, this is specifically for mono mode which you can switch to on the front if this camera will focus a little bit yeah so you can toggle between mono and stereo or xlr and rca in and that means they sent me two of them Ah. i currently only have the one wired in because i want to try that with an active subwoofer before i hook them both in and have two mono blocks and one active subwoofer. I'm not going to go crazy and try and go with two active subwoofers on that, but that's, it's interesting. This is unfortunately, uh, on pre-order until the end of the month, uh, they put 2000 of each model out one that comes with, uh, the heat or sorry, with the power supply that we've seen on the others. And the one that this one came with, which is a significantly higher power rating. So okay. you can get even more juice out of these things.
0: So obviously they have more, 48, They have a 48-volt, 5-amp mm-hmm. power supply. Yes, they and do. 32-volt. Okay. So, and go, so they've go.
2: always shipped 32 volts out um, with the suggestion that it is compatible with 48-volt. But a couple of people, including myself, said, so why don't you just charge an extra 20 bucks and throw that in there?
0: Yeah. So in mono mode at 48 volts... It's supposed to be able to do 235 watts at 4 ohms, which is very strong. Yes. So, I don't know if that's, like, limited duration, if that's across the entire frequency spectrum. Of course, spectrum, but it's, you know, it whatever. is more
2: or less across the entire frequency spectrum, but it, it's peaks. It's not. Oh, okay. I don't think it's sustained anyways. I certainly haven't tried because uh, I'm glad that it's a uh, type A pot with the... Uh, the curve on it as opposed to the straight line because it gets pretty loud as it is with absolutely no distortion or anything. It's, it's interesting. And it's shows it fun. I, I mean, I don't want to go into the whole review because I'm going to write it, but uh, as opposed to just offering you two replaceable op amps for your left and right, they went with five. So there's a, there's a lot to play with here. Yeah. Like I see it. They're
1: replaceable if you burn them as well.
2: Or uh, there's an entire list of ones that they suggest you could replace them with if it doesn't sound exactly like you Interesting. Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's a bit of a pain to take apart. You do have to get the uh, banana wire bear speakers off of the back to be able to slide the entire thing out. And one of the other features it has, which is a uh, 12 volt trigger, may actually disconnect because they don't seem to have put any Slack on that whatsoever, but uh, honestly, that's just so that you can fire up your stereo at the same time you fire up the Fozzie. And honestly, in my experience, uh, the 12 volt uh trigger doesn't necessarily always work the way you want it to, but we shall see. Yes,
0: all right, excellent. Uh, Brett, your pick.
1: Uh, one of my favorite things to to select from during this uh, segment is networking. So I went back to Ubiquity, one of my uh, favorite networking, uh, networking gear manufacturers, purveyors of fine networking, and um, they have a very funnily named switch. Funnily, is that even a word? It's an interestingly named switch. They call it the USW aggregation switch. Don't let the name fool you. It is simply a eight port. 10 gigabit SFP plus switch with all of the abilities of a, a layer two switch that you can imagine you would want to be able to do, but it's eight ports and the price isn't that bad from a manufacturer of like Ubiquity that's adoptable by any of their controllers. $269 will get you an eight port, um, hundred I believe it's 160, um, uh, gigabits of switching simultaneously. It's either 80 or 160. I'd have to go back and look, but it's, it's very impressive for the amount of load that it will handle. They sort of position this in their lineup as to be what they call an aggregation switch, meaning that it's meant to drive traffic into other switches, but it is a perfectly serviceable 10 gigabit switch on its own. So if you're looking for a very high quality 10 gigabit switch for not a tremendous amount of money. Two hundred seventy dollars is somewhat reasonable. That isn't from the likes of uh, uh, Moker, which is you, you know you can spend yeah you could spend a little bit less. You probably about half that. About uh, maybe one hundred and twenty or so for um, off 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 brand switches that aren't adoptable by your Ubiquity Cloud Key or Ubiquity USG or whatever for controlling purposes. This is more in line with people who are looking to kind of. Um, Homogenize their network environment uh, and make it uh, easily controllable from one place. So, good deal if you're ubiquity house.
2: Yeah, and aggregation switches are really good at traffic management. Very, very good.
0: I, I have a pick. I will pick something. Oh. Okay, so I've mentioned this before, and I don't know if I actually made it an official pick or not, but okay. Here's the scenario. We talked about the Vectrex thing earlier. There are people out there who they have the time and the disposable income to dabble with old, constantly broken technology, or maybe they're really good at soldering or just hate themselves. But if you're interested in old computers and you want to put software on them, and there's all these different ways to do it, and a lot of people resort to flashcards and SD cards and things in place of hard drives, but there is this really interesting product that not only can give you an interface to create floppy disks for old systems very easily for modern systems, and very cheaply, I might add, but it also is a flux reader as well. And if you've ever looked into how much it would cost... To get yourself an interface like the cryo flux, we're talking like a hundred plus dollars plus the cost of a working vintage floppy drive. These things called Grease Weasel, even though I see listings for you know them being used as a Mr. attachment or for Amigas, they work for just about anything. And the one I ended up buying from someplace in Ireland that I've forgotten the name of right now, here's one from Amiga Kit for about $25. You can use any floppy drive with this. So I grabbed a Sony floppy drive from the 2000s out of an old Optiplex, attached it to this, powered it up. It just runs off of USB 2.0 power, actually. You choose in the free software uh, what you're writing to. You can say, I'm writing to Amiga, I'm writing to Apple, I'm writing to IBM, whatever, and it writes at a very low level. I can write the format right along with the data. So it's just, it's pretty exciting if you're into retro computers that you can finally basically get yourself a flux for like, you know, 25, $30 from some seller on eBay or Etsy or from a website. So that's my pick is uh, making floppy disks for old computers is what I'm using it for, but you can also archive stuff. So you can, Get yourself an old Amiga or IBM floppy that's, you know, rare, hard to find. Like this, uh, the PAL booter floppy (laughs) that I, you know, just, you want to play PAL games on your NTSC Amiga? Well, I can archive this disc and I can share it with the world with my grease weasel.
2: Honestly, is that that how
3: they found that DOS... 0.86 or whatever. Well, I bet you it was. They probably archived it
0: with one. Yeah, it's, it's the yeah. go-to yeah. archival thing for floppies now. There's like Tech Tangents had a pretty extensive video on it pretty recently about how to use it. And it's just kind of crazy. Guys, I, I will connect this thing to my Windows 10 computer, you know, 2000s era floppy drive from a PC, put in a floppy disk, and I can it will write one track at a time until it has made me an Amiga disc. It's crazy. And I bring it down here. Like I can play yeah, it into an Amiga. That is, like, that is crazy. I play a game. in That minutes. is a bit
1: crazy. Because the Amiga discs off, actually, used, actually used physical spaces on the media that yes. traditional yes. – Floppies didn't track no. well too, so oh. I imagine that a Sony probably does well. But yeah, it's a good drive, off-brand... even
0: if it is not a vintage drive. But yeah. yes, Amigas were like 880k. Brands... Where on the PC yeah. side of things, they were only getting like 720. Yeah. So yeah, yeah.
1: So they they tracked in and they tracked out a little bit physically further than mm-hmm. a lot of the mm-hmm. typical mechanisms did. So not all of them will work funnily enough
3: also
2: where they tended to fail (laughs) (laughs) yeah weird (laughs) yeah Mm. so yeah
0: i can i can archive this uh teenage mutant ninja turtles uh amiga game disc now and you know probably not share it with the world because it's probably copyrighted somehow yeah probably probably Okay, I think that'll do it for our show this week. Uh, We want to thank you for watching, listening, subscribing, hitting that notifications bell to find out when we go live for events like this podcast recording session that you may or may not have been watching along with us for those moments you never get in the final version of the podcast, like when I thought I hit mute and then (laughs) obnoxiously blew my nose directly into my microphone. And when I blew my nose... It's yep. uh, it's especially obnoxious. It sounds like a, a honking kind of. I, have a, yeah. I thought Dizzy Gillespie, you know, came back from the <laughs> grave. Okay, when you break your nose as a it, it never, never gets properly reset. When I blow my nose, mm-hmm. it right. like yeah. it makes this just sound. So. Does
1: deviated septum mean anything to
0: you? Does yes, yes. yes, it means something okay. to me. Right, and that's why All I right, snore yeah. Yeah. so much yep. that my wife can ah, okay. stand that explains it. Right. Yes, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, this where were we? Uh, thank you so much. Talking about that Rick James, stuff. James, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, does anybody else have any words uh, for the the audience?
3: Hmm, do we have any no. unanswered questions? Back, Josh, there can for you uh, go as an outro? No, no, why would anybody want an outro from me? The last thing that they want to do is listen to my nasally voice, talk to them to sleep as they're trying to go to bed because they've been listening to a boring ass podcast for the last two hours.